RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines, gyms and bars are set to resume business later this week. Schools will reopen in phases from the end of the month and the government is giving out both reusable and disposable masks to the public. Bars, and cin- bars, gyms and cinemas are to reopen. Restaurants will be able to seat up to eight people per table and the number of people allowed at gatherings will be raised from four to eight. The government is easing social distancing measures from Friday thanks to a drop in coronavirus cases. But venues such as karaoke's and nightclubs, which are considered high risk, will remain shut for the time being. Chief Executive Carrie Lamb says the decision to relax restrictions has struck a balance among different interests in society. In deciding when to lift and how much to lift, it is not an exact science. I hope it is an exact science, so I don't need to use my judgment and run the risk, especially political risk, of being attacked. But it is not an exact science. So we have to take a a large number of factors into account. So raising the number uh, from four to eight, both for the catering business and also for the prohibition uh, against uh, group gathering, is not an exact science. But this is a step in the right direction of relaxation. So maybe in another 14 days' time, we will uh, raise the number of eight to 10 to 12 to 15 and so on. Another sign that things are gradually returning to normal. Schools will reopen in phases from the end of the month. Form 325 students in government and subsidised schools will be the first batch to return on May the 27th, followed by Primary 4 as well as Form 1 and 2 children on June the 8th, and other primary school kids and those in kindergarten three a week later. Education Secretary Kevin Young insists schools will have enough time to prepare for their reopening. You ask uh, whether it's uh, a bit premature to announce class uh, resumption today. Uh, but actually, we are, we are not announcing class resumption right away. We are giving advance notice of about three weeks for all the stakeholders to get prepared for the school resumption. The first day is on the 27th of May. So during this period, we will, of course, continue to monitor the situation and if really necessary, we could adjust the uh, resumption plan. But at this stage, we are still pretty confident that we should be able to resume classes on the 27th of May. As for private and international schools, they are allowed to reopen from May the 20th. The education sector lawmaker Ipkin Yoon says the school resumption plan makes sense, but he's also expressed concern about the idea of having half-day sessions. It seems to be a good idea, but uh, uh, well, it may cause some other problems. For example, if the students, for example, the uh, secondary school students who are teenagers who might want to wander on the street after the half-day uh, school. So we have to make sure that you know, the, the idea of half-day school would get uh, the uh, desirable results. So to, to make sure that, that the students do not gather on the street or in other uh, places. The government says it's offering a free reusable mask to each Hong Kong resident. People can register online from 7am tomorrow and the mask will be delivered two weeks after registration. Others who did not register online can collect the mask at a post office later. And from the end of June, the government will distribute disposable masks to the public. Each household will get a packet of 10. There's no need to register and they'll be sent out through Hong Kong Post. 
Now to the stalemate at the LegCo House Committee, which has gone on for more than six months without electing a chairperson. The chief executive says the government is willing to patiently wait for the legislature to rectify the problem itself. Carrie Lamb also says it's a coincidence that the external legal advice sought by the LegCo president matches the view of her administration. The convener of the opposition camp, Tanya Chan, says the pan-democrats are raising money to fund their own legal advice before Friday's House Committee meeting. Since the publication of the legal advice provided by two senior counsels, we can see that the pro-establishment camp relied on it totally and totally forgotten the legal opinion given by our legal advisor. So since we have doubt, so it is essential for us to seek an independent opinion to allow the public as well as other legislators and the chief executive to have a different perspective and hopefully to make up their mind and how we should proceed. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The spokeswoman of a new pro-establishment group has dismissed suggestions its aim is to sideline the Carrie Lam government or boost the chances of pro-government candidates in September's LegCo election. Maria Tam, who's also a deputy director of the Basic Law Committee, says the focus of the Hong Kong coalition is to revive the economy and improve people's livelihoods. It is not a powerhouse to... um tell the Hong Kong government what to do, how to do their job. It is not an other separate uh, centre of power. We hope it will be a centre of service and it's not anybody's uh, election campaign platform. What happens now takes all the effort of everybody in Hong Kong to stand together and fight. It's not just one single person in government house. Three prominent pro-democracy figures arrested on charges of unlawful assembly over an anti-extradition protest last year have made their first appearances in court. Damon Pang reports. Media tycoon Jimmy Lai, along with veteran pro-democracy politicians Lee Chak-yan and Yang Sum, are accused of taking part in an unauthorised assembly on August the 31st last year. The anti-extradition rally went ahead, even though police had banned the march. But no plea was taken, and the West Kowloon court has adjourned the case until the 18th of this month at the prosecution's request. The case will be combined with that of 12 other activists accused of similar offences who were all arrested on a single day last month. Bail was extended for the trio, but Lee Chak-yan told reporters outside the court that prosecutors had tried to suddenly attach more bail conditions right before the hearing, including barring them from leaving the city in a move he said was political suppression. Ultimately, the court decided not to impose the extra conditions on him and Young Sum. However, the third defendant, Jimmy Lai, was ordered not to leave the territory after he pleaded not guilty to criminal intimidation to a separate case involving an incident ahead of the annual June 4th candlelight vigil in 2017. The magistrate adjourned this case until mid-August for trial and also ordered Mr Lai to report to the police once a week and pay a $4,000 bail. The media tycoon is also ordered not to interfere with two prosecution witnesses. The court was also told that evidence will include around 20 minutes of video footage of the said incident and another clip of Mr Lai being interviewed by police. Police Commissioner Chris Tang says an internal investigation is underway to follow up on media reports of alleged irregularities at the homes of three senior officers. Regarding their uh, possible uh, misuse of their, their land or their, uh, their house, I think it has been um, investigated by the respective department. In fact, as a police department, we also look into is there any breach of um, uh, civil servants' regulations or police regulations. We do it parallel. 
Local deputies to the National People's Congress attending the annual meeting in Beijing later this month will be tested for COVID-19 in Shenzhen before flying to the capital. Follow a meeting with liaison office officials, the leader of the Hong Kong delegation, Ma Fong Kwok, says the plan is to have the deputies tested on May the 19th and they will depart for Beijing the next day if the results are negative. Mr Ma added that this year's NBC session will only last seven days and precautionary measures will be taken to prevent the spread of the virus. The movement will be limited to the hotel and the meeting venue and they won't be allowed to move around or meet people freely. China has successfully launched a new rocket and prototype spacecraft in a major test of the country's ambitions to operate a permanent space station and send astronauts to the moon. The Long March 5B rocket took off from the Wenchang launch site in Hainan. A minutes later, an unmanned prototype spaceship separated and entered its planned orbit. State media also said a test version of a cargo return capsule separated from the rocket. If everything goes according to plan, the spaceship and capsule will return to a landing site by Friday after completing their test flights. Mainland authorities have reported more than 100 million domestic tourist trips over the May Day holiday in another sign of life returning to normal. More from the BBC's Michael Bristow. Like elsewhere, the travel and hospitality sectors have been hit hard in China. That's why Beijing's keen to encourage tourism to restart. Many major attractions opened specifically for the May Day holiday, a five-day break in China. One of those was Beijing's Forbidden City, although like other sites, it put a cap on the number of visitors. Overall, there were more than 100 million domestic trips, which shows where Chinese travellers are being lured out. But tourism is still only, at best, half of what it was at this time last year. India has recorded its biggest daily jump in the number of coronavirus cases and fatalities. There have been about 200 deaths in 24 hours, coinciding with measures to relax a six-week lockdown. The BBC's Divya Araya is in Delhi. Well, one reason that is being given for the rise in cases, which has actually been steady now for the past four days, numbers much higher than what we had seen earlier. And of course, the last 24 hours, a dramatic increase. uh, And the reason being given is an increase in testing. Now, India has been appreciated for implementing a lockdown very early into the spread of the pandemic, but criticized for one of the lowest testing levels across the world. So now, as the testing levels are being increased, the numbers are also increasing. The health ministry, which does a press conference almost every day, has been asserting that the curve has been flattening. They have also said that the recovery rate is much better. But as we can now see, the deaths have suddenly started climbing up, ironically, as India has started to ease its lockdown. Research by French doctors has suggested the coronavirus was in the country at the end of December, four weeks before the first officially recorded case, is the BBC's Emily Haller. A hospital in Paris re-examined old swab samples from pneumonia patients who had tested negative for the flu to see if they had actually had COVID-19. Out of 24 samples taken in December and January, one was positive for the disease. Dr. Yves Cohen, who works in intensive care at the Avicenne and Jean Verdier hospitals, had treated the patient. He said the tests were done several times to make sure there was no mistake. The patient hadn't travelled abroad and recovered after being ill for two weeks. The World Health Organisation said the report suggesting COVID-19 had emerged sooner than previously thought was not surprising. It urged countries to investigate any other early suspicious cases. 
The Philippines' top broadcaster, ABS-CBN, has been forced off air over a stalled operating license renewal, drawing fresh charges that authorities were cracking down on press freedom. Since running afoul of President Rodrigo Duterte in 2016, ABS-CBN has seen bills to extend its franchise language in Congress, with Mr Duterte repeatedly attacking the conglomerous in speeches. Sport now. Germany's health minister has backed the Bundesliga's plan to resume in 10 days' time. A final in 10 days' time, a final decision will be made tomorrow. But test, 10 positive coronavirus test, tests involving players, coaches, and backroom staff has raised fresh questions about the proposal to restart the season. Here's the BBC's Rob Schofield. These tests were done ahead of a return to full team training, but the results won't stand in the way of the Bundesliga going full steam ahead with their plans to restart the season behind closed doors on the 16th or 23rd of May. We'll hear whether the DFB get the green light from Chancellor Angela Merkel on Wednesday. But this is a very measured statement. It talks about effective persons going into isolation with two tests a week becoming the norm. Adding more positive results may well come back, but Germany's capacity to conduct widespread testing and deal with the outcomes is why the Bundesliga has emerged as the league in Europe most likely to return to playing first. Cologne, for example, confirmed they've had no further infections after three people at the club tested positive last week. Tributes are pouring in for the NFL's winning his coach and the only one who had a perfect season. Former Miami Dolphins head coach Don Schuller is dead at the age of 90. BBC's Blair Tauter looks back at his career. The undefeated season in 1972 is obviously one of the biggest and the most impactful moments in NFL history. No one has achieved an undefeated season since Don Trullo and even beforehand. But even so, I mean, his his accomplishments really are vast and reach well beyond that. He was actually the youngest head coach in NFL history when he began with the Baltimore Colts. He was 33 years old. He only had two seasons that were losing seasons. He won 347 games, 328 regular season games, came to the Super Bowl um, six times, five with the Dolphins. And I mean, just to put his the scope of his impact kind of in perspective, he has coached 48% of the seasons that the Miami Dolphins played. And that's something that no other coach in any sport in U.S. sports has achieved. They only... One who comes close is Greg Popovich, who has coached 46% of the Spurs games um, for basketball. So it's really his impact is just immense, and the comment on it has been immense. He is a legend, um, really unparalleled. Many of our top stories tonight, gyms and bars are set to resume business later this week. Schools will reopen in phases from the end of the month, and the government is giving out both reusable and disposable masks to the public. The news from RTHK. It's time now to good stories covered in this evening's News Wrap programme. The government's planning to reopen schools later this month as part of the government's decision to scale back social distancing measures. Schools have been closed since the Lunar New Year break in January. Private and international schools can resume classes from May the 20th. For local schools, senior secondary school students from Forms 3 to 5 will go back on May the 27th. Younger students from Primary 4 through to Form 2 will follow on June the 8th, while those in the third year of kindergarten to Grade 3 will be back a week after that. Jim Gould asked Education Sector Legislator Ip Kinyoon what he thought of the resumption plan. I think it's reasonable, and I think... Um uh, well, the education sector, or I think most of the parents, 
would uh, welcome such arrangement uh, so that they can prepare for uh, the, you now they have a clear timetable to prepare for the resumption of classes for the for the children. The Education Secretary says that schools should only operate uh, half-day classes to start with. Uh, is that a good idea? I think uh, it, it seems to be a good idea, but, uh, uh, well, it may cause uh, some other problems. For example, if uh, the students, uh, for example, the uh, secondary school students who are teenagers, who might want to wander on the street after the half-day uh, school. So uh, we have to make sure that you know, the, the idea of half-day school would, uh, would get uh, the uh, desirable results. Uh, so to, to make sure that, that the students do not uh, gather on the street or in other uh, places after school. Now, um, international schools uh, should be able to go back a little earlier from May the 20th, but their preparations are dependent on safety guidelines that are due to be issued by the Centre for Health Protection probably next week. Uh, what would you expect to be in those guidelines? I think there are a lot of guidelines uh, to be included. For example, washing hands mm. or other measures to guarantee that you know, they are in good health. Uh, they might need to check the temperature, health, uh, body, temp body temperature. And also, I think well, uh, there are other things to be done as well. For example, uh, the stu uh, when the students are having uh, physical education lessons, uh, how the, those uh, physical exercises should be conducted. Uh, is there anything they should take, uh, pay attention to? For example, uh, other issues such as you know, uh, we may have uh, gathering, mass gathering in school hall or in uh, in the morning. Uh, what should they pay? Uh, what should, uh, attention should they pay? Uh, so these are some of the things they, they need to be included. And then uh, distancing in the classroom? Yes, uh, but I think uh, it might be uh, not easy to solve the problem because if the, the, you know, the area of the classroom is fixed and uh, if we need to accommodate a fixed number of students, uh, well, it will be difficult to you know, extend the uh, social distance between the, you know, the students. Uh, but if the uh, school can arrange students to be, for example, separated into classrooms instead of one, uh, it may help to improve the social distance, but it will depend on the available, uh, availability of the you know, uh, uh, classrooms. A new alliance backed by pro-establishment heavyweights has been set up with the aim to relaunch Hong Kong after it's been hit by months of anti-government protests and an economic downturn. Two former chief executives, Tung Chi-Wa and Siwa Leung, are co-conveners of the Hong Kong Coalition, which include among its 1,500-odd members property tycoons Li Ka-Sheng, Li Shao-Ki, former top officials Rim Ski-Yoon and co-wing man and ex-police chiefs Tang King-Sheng and Andy Tsung. Anna-Marie Evans asked the group's spokeswoman, Ria Tam, also a deputy director of the Basic Law Committee, what the purpose of the coalition is. Well, it's very simple. I think um, we all know that we're going to face an economic downturn, which may take some time uh, at the moment. Uh, nobody can tell how bad it would be and how long it will last. Uh, we must make sure that uh, there is hope. There's hope here that there will be food on the table, a mask to go to work with, 
um, a family in which there is harmony, uh, an economy which has got a chance of being revived, and uh, long-term uh, questions of livelihood issues being resolved. And um, this is a group of like-minded people uh, who has served Hong Kong in many other different capacities and feel that we can pull our resources together as a non-government organization to do our best uh, to help out the situation. Now, some of the people involved, of course, as you, you cited, the two chief executives are also vice chairman of the CPPCC. You've also got Rimsky and Andy Jung. Are there any pro-democracy elements within this NGO? Um, I've, read the, I've read the names, but I don't know 100% um, the background of every individual. And do you feel that it's to garner support for the pro-Beijing camp ahead of the LegCo elections? Well, this is not a platform for anybody's election. Uh, it is not a powerhouse to um, tell the Hong Kong government what to do, how to do their job. It is not an other separate uh, centre of power. We hope it will be a centre of service, and it's not anybody's uh, election campaign platform. But the fact that it is being set up by two of the former three chief executives, um, does that say something about the performance of our current one? No. <laughs> what happens now takes all the effort of everybody in Hong Kong to stand together and fight. It's not just one single person in government house. Just look at the way we're wearing masks, we're washing hands, we're making sure when we go into MTR, um, you know, we have our uh, alcohol uh, hand sanitizers uh, and all that. This is one battle everybody joins in in Hong Kong for the sake of being able to go back to normality as soon as possible. Now, 1,500 people are part of this NGO, including, of course, two major tycoons. So, uh, other than... Obviously no, no, it's got trade union leaders, it's got students, and don't just point out the rich and the powerful. They are not the dominant factors in this group. Tell me more about the others, please. As far as I know, it's quite evenly distributed between the business sector, the uh, professionals, um, the uh, grassroots, um, young people, uh, and of course, a more mature persons as well. It's a, it's a mixture. So tell me, you know, obviously I've heard that you're going to be giving out a, a, a substantial amount of uh, masks at the weekend, but in the longer term, what are some of your objectives? Well, we have to work on it because uh, we've just invited uh, 1,545 members uh, we have to sit down, we think of a way so that we can listen to their views, uh, especially the young people, and understand what we can pull our resources together to give some relief. Uh, the first thing, of course, is that right now we're doing an epidemic and there are people who need masks, uh, which is a very basic requirement now for anybody to protect himself or herself. Uh, make sure there's no shortage of supply, especially to those people who need it. Uh, that is the first step because um, we, we've done some uh, questionnaires and the uh, top concern of Hong Kong people now is actually the pandemic. The next thing will be a rice bowl and the economic downturn that comes after. 
So the first thing we do uh, is to equip ourselves better to fight the pandemic. Police Commissioner Chris Tang has told a Legco security panel that an internal investigation is underway to find out if three senior officers had broken police guidelines in their use of rural homes. It follows media reports that the officers may have breached land licensing rules. There are also some sharp exchanges between the top cop and pro-democracy lawmakers, as our reporter Priscilla Ung explained to Anna-Marie Evans. During the security panel meeting, the police commissioner didn't actually specifically say he, who he was referring to, but said that these people had used the young people for their own political gains. And he said these people had encouraged young people to engage in violent acts or had condoned their use of violence and yet shirked their own legal responsibilities. And this comment, of course, drew sharp criticism from pro-democracy councillors, such as the Civic Party's Jeremy Tam or the Democratic Party's Lam Chek-Ting, who questioned the police commissioner if he had actually any solid evidence to back up his comments. Chris Tang, for his part, said these perpetrators would use devious ways to incite young people without leaving any traces. And obviously that didn't go very well with the pandemic. Lam Chek-Ting, for example, accused the police chief of coming up with false accusations while turning a blind eye to er- irregularities within the police force itself, such as the allegations of police brutality or arbitrary arrests during the anti-government protests. So was the police commissioner also grilled about the housing scandals that three of his officers were allegedly involved in? Yes, indeed. Uh, the integrity of police officers, especially senior ones like Assistant Commissioner at Rupert Dover, was being questioned. Opposition lawmakers questioned if these officers were fit for duty and whether they actually should be suspended from work pending further investigation. But Chris Tang said, well, you know, the various departments like the Lands Department are already looking into the irregularities or alleged irregularities. He said the force itself is also looking into the allegations to find out if the officers concerned had breached police or civil service rules. And this is what he had to say. Regarding their uh, possible uh, misuse of their, their land or their, uh, their house, I think it has been um, investigated by the respective department. In fact, as a police department, we also look into is there any breach of um, uh, civil servants regulations or police regulations. We do it parallel. And Mr. Tang stressed that none of these officers concerned had been suspended from duty because work suspension is not a decision that the force would take lightly. What about the pro-government lawmakers? What did they have to say about the police performance over the past year? Well, most of the pro-government lawmakers showered the force with praises, saying that the officers had done extremely well and had worked extremely hard over the past year or so. They said that the police had also done a terrific job in cracking down on a spate of suspended bomb cases to keep Hong Kong safe. BPA lawmaker Priscilla Leung, for example, uh, also urged police to do more to combat juvenile crime cases, saying more and more young people are involved in illegal activities. And she also renewed calls for a law to be enacted to stop people from insulting the police. And um, Civic Party lawmaker Eunice Yeung, meanwhile, blamed the fake news for damaging the reputation of the police force. And she said that the force must do more to stop the spread of what she says is false information. Even as Hong Kong continues to scale back its coronavirus measures, many publicly funded services deemed to be non-essential continue to be suspended. These include physiotherapy sessions and home services for the elderly, the disabled and the chronically ill. NGOs offering such services have been told to stop for now, but they're worried that the lengthy service suspension could have a long-term physical and emotional impact on patients. The Neuromuscular Disease Association and the One Step Association conducted a survey of chronically ill or disabled people which found a rise in negative emotions. 
Labour Party lawmaker Fernando Cheung spoke to Joanne Wong about some of the problems they're facing. Many of the disabled people and elderly people depend on therapeutic services to keep their health going, like bathing, going out to do grocery shopping, cooking for themselves, even eating or basic transferring, let's say from bed to um, chair. This sort of activities seem easy. We take for granted for normal people of your world, but people with disabilities and uh, elderly people have difficulties in dealing with these type of activities. And continuation of therapy services is necessary for them to continue to live independently in the community. We think that the government should be looking at seriously about resuming these services as soon as possible, especially home care services. We're not talking about a crowding situation, putting people in one centre. We're talking about rendering services to the homes. And therefore, it would not pose significantly higher public health risks even in this pandemic, provided that they are all provided with sufficient protective gears. What's the worst case of, uh, that you've heard of so far? I've heard of cases, one that they completely stopped bathing services. And therefore, the disabled person cannot be bathed once a day. That's a very basic sanitary practice. And also the case that Mr. Lowe spoke of, the need for chest care. He has to go through this chest care to get rid of the sputum. And he relies on a ventilator on a 24-hour basis. So accumulation of sputum is a life-threatening situation. Those stories are part of the Newswrap program, which was broadcast on RTHK earlier this evening. Robert Kemp from our newsroom. To prevent pneumonia and respiratory tract infection, always keep hands clean and wash hands for at least 20 seconds. Put the lid down before flushing. Add water to U-traps regularly. Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when sneezing or coughing. Wear a mask and seek medical advice promptly if unwell. Fully cover your nose, mouth and chin with a mask. Visit chp.gov.hk to learn more. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3. January to December, we'll have moments to remember. 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 Moments to remember. That's our program. From now until 1 a.m. Nostalgia coming your way. Mentovane and his orchestra dream. Green sleeves.
the introduction. Mentovani and his orchestra, Green Sleeves. Let's welcome now Gentleman Jim. Evening shadows make me blue When each weary day is through How I long to be with you My happiness Every day I Skies are gray. 